If there's one person that Western powers genuinely, truly dislike is Professor Jeffrey Such. Now, I did a course with, um, what is it called? Sustainable Development Goals Academy in partnership with Columbia University. And he was one of our lecturers. And trust you me when I say his was the best lecture I ever attended and enjoyed his classes. I really did because he's just not an economist. He's a very realistic economist. And he was speaking on matters Africa and the perception and perspective that Africa is poor. And we've been made to believe that because it's such a singular narrative that has been hammered and hammered and hammered home all day, all night long. But he introduces a very interesting question into the mix. Listen to this. It's interesting. We ask, we heard from the minister of DRC, what's wrong with your country? Well, we don't even start by saying the King of Belgium created a slave colony for 30 years. The government of Belgium ran the slave colony for another 40 years. The CIA assassinated your first popular leader, Mr. Lumumba, and then installed another dictatorship for the next 30 years. And then Glencore and others now suck out your cobalt without giving you tax income. We don't reflect on that. We say, what's wrong with you? Why don't you govern properly? And so we have a system, but we need a different system. <laughs> we cannot turn this over to the private sector. We already did about 100 years ago. Not only to the private sector, to the private sector with the US military behind it. With the defense of these property rights in Mr. the minister of Honduras's country where United Fruit ran the country for a long time. Hello there, how are you doing? My name is Indira Oganga. Thank you very much for tuning in to watch our conversations. I am a business journalist by profession and also a digital content creator. I make content on black people, Africa empowerment and how we can rise up to the occasion and take up our rightful place at the global stage. Today's video is centered on Professor Jeffrey Serge and what he heard to say. I'll just get right into the part that we used for the promo. If you read material about Africa, particularly on Western media, there's never causation before the action. They'll just report Africa is, 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 is ridden by war, poverty, and hunger. But there's never context to these three things. And for a long time, you can easily believe that because it's said to you over and over and over again. The other tragedy is that we do not have African media at an international scale that highlights issues about Africa, both in a positive way and in a way that challenges stereotypes. If you look at the Middle East, for example, the coverage that they get on outlets such as Fox, CNN, BBC is very different from the coverage that they get from Al Jazeera. And the way Al Jazeera will cover the Middle East is very different from the way it will cover the West, right? And so Africa has never heard that for itself. And the narrative and the story has always been white-sided, told through the lens of a white person for white audiences, for them to perceive Africa the way they would like. But all these things could be true and a coin has two sides. If Africa is poor 60 years post-independence, something is really, really wrong somewhere. So can we begin by having a conversation about how did we get here? 
what impact did slavery have? What impact does the constant looting of African resources have on the economic development of the continent? What impact does multinationals coming in and doing business on their own terms mean? What impact does it have when multinationals can come here, make profits in, in excess of millions of dollars, but they can't keep the money here at least for a year, two or three, so the money can go around in the economy before profits are shift are rather shipped out to go back to western bank accounts there are no rules there are no regulations there's nothing that protects the african continent the people and their resources and that's why they are in a constant cycle of poverty we don't talk a lot about the trauma that was caused by um colonialism and how hard it is to shade off that effect you know if you look at belgium and the effect that it had on congo it's unspoken of it's not just economic robbery the 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 sins that were committed against the people the atrocities that were committed against the people held the country back for so many years and as if that's not enough people continue to meddle in the country's affairs by sending guns there and they get containers of gold in return. Tell me how they will break that cycle of poverty. And that's exactly the same thing that Professor Jeffrey Such talks about. We have a world food system. It's based on large multinational companies. It's based on private uh, profits. It's based on a very, very low measure of international transfers to help poor people, sometimes none at all. It's based on extreme irresponsibility of powerful countries with regard to the environment. And it's based on a radical denial of rights of poor people, as we just heard. It's interesting, we ask, we heard from the minister of DRC, What's wrong with your country? Well, we don't even start by saying the King of Belgium created a slave colony for 30 years. The government of Belgium ran the slave colony for another 40 years. The CIA assassinated your first popular leader, Mr. Lumumba, and then installed another dictatorship for the next 30 years. And then Glencore and others now suck out your cobalt without giving you tax income. We don't reflect on that. We say, what's wrong with you? Why don't you govern properly? And so we have a system, but we need a different system. <laughs> we cannot turn this over to the private sector. We already did about 100 years ago not only to the private sector, to the private sector with the U.S. military behind it, with the defense of these property rights in Mr. the Minister of Honduras's country, where United Fruit ran the country for a long time, and their attorney was the foreign minister of the United States, Secretary Dulles, and his brother was the head of the CIA and overthrew the next door neighbor, Mr. Arbenz, to make sure that United Fruit could have its property. So we have a system, but we need a different system. And the different system has to be based on principles of human dignity in the Universal Declaration, principles of sovereignty, 
principles of economic rights because these are not nice things to do. In 1948, all the government said that food is a right, social protection is a right, not a nice thing, not a pleasant thing, a right. That was 73 years ago. The thing about the, the, the one-sided nature of how the West does business and how it goes about making laws, legislation, leadership, governance, democracy, is that they don't know where the line is. The line has become very blurry that they cannot tell when their own greed is eating them up. They have their foot in their mouth and they don't realize that they're eating themselves up. And before they know it, they will be at the neck, you know, because all these things that you do in Africa, you don't know how to draw the line. And we're seeing casualties of Western greed, of Western lack of empathy, show back at home the way they do business even with their people and unfortunately it's um bipoc communities that suffer biracial people people of color black people um people from like marginalized group those are the people that are paying for this insatiable thirst of wealth and dominance and power that many western countries have Unfortunately, they're forgetting that these are their people that they're marginalizing and in no time, it's going to catch up with them. I come from a country that not only doesn't care about the world's poor, it doesn't even care about its own poor. One in seven Americans is hungry right now. And they don't care. I mean, the poor people care. But one political party, all it cares about is cutting taxes for the rich and filibustering any solution. So we're in a world that's really tough. The private sector is not going to solve this problem. I'm sorry to say to all of the private sector leaders, behave, pay your taxes, follow the rules. That's what you should do. In talking about some of the things that the West does on the continent that are wrong and need to be worked and reworked, we need to start holding them accountable. We need accountability. We need responsibility, like I said earlier on. And Professor Jeffrey Sachs suggests something that is very crucial. There are certain meetings, certain forums, certain delegations that are a reserve of very few people. And he's saying the first thing that we need to do is open that door and let Africa in. For example, G20, create one more seat for Africa, a continent of over a billion people. Open it up, open it up. You want their resources, open it up. Give them a seat at the table. That is what justice, responsibility, and accountability looks like. That is you saying, we are not just interested in your resources, we're not interested in just your vast tracts of land, we're not interested in just your very young labor, your technology, we are also interested in you. We look at you, we see you, and we value you as a worthy business partner. First, the G20 should become the G21 by inviting systemically the chairperson of the African Union and the African Union to be the 21st country. The, 20, the European Union is a member of the G20 as the EU. If you add the AU as the 21st for the G21, you add 1.4 billion people to representation at that crucial event. That will change decisively the discussion because 1.4 billion people are not at the table.
for finance right now, and they need to be. So my first recommendation is the G21. I love the G20. Add one seat, 1.4 billion people with the AU represented. Second, we need a order of magnitude change of development finance. The rich countries just borrowed $17 trillion for COVID. The poor countries, nothing. Because the rich countries can borrow at zero and the poor countries pay five or 10% coupon rates or have no access at all. So the world exposed its grotesque inequality this past year and a half. Rich countries didn't say, we tighten our belts, why don't you? My country spent $7 trillion of emergency funding, not one penny for anybody else, by the way. $7 trillion. It didn't even cross the imagination of the U.S. Congress to include a few crumbs for the rest of the world. But the poor countries cannot borrow. That's what we should have heard from the World Bank. I didn't hear that from the World Bank. I didn't hear real numbers. Real numbers are in trillions right now because the world economy is 100 trillion a year. But we don't talk about real numbers. But my job, all I know in this world is long division. Divide by 100 trillion and then see whether you're talking about something real or not. That's all I had for you guys today. Thank you very much for watching. My name is Ndiro Ganga. Be sure to like this video, share it with a friend, and drop your comment below on what you think. I'll see you again next time.